You've probably heard the saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You might be right, and I think I can offer you something better. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. The strategy served up the meal, baby. You're listening to In It. This is for anyone who is in the trenches, in the process and pursuit of a life fully lived. And I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm your host, Lindsay Plebiak. Let's do this. So about three weeks ago, I was invited down and asked to speak at a new leadership summit experience for the company that I work for. And I had a truly unbelievable time getting to share about what I'm going to be talking to you guys about today, which is culture creation. I got to talk in front of, I think it was 350, maybe 400 people about this concept. And it was incredible to be in a room with so many rising leaders and have that opportunity to be able to talk about this, something that's very dear to my heart, creating culture, building culture. And the thing that was even more wild for me specifically was I was actually able to speak about the team brand, every facet of that (laughs) in real time that I just uh, have been working on over the last year, uh, which is the grit culture. Uh, I love everything about it. (laughs) And it was so incredible to be able to speak about this. Um, in front of so many. And I had a lot of people ask me if there were clips or access to this training. And while that was very much uh, for those that earned that opportunity and there is no replays or anything like that, I did decide that I would bring some of the concepts that I shared from that talk to this podcast and moreover, build upon it slightly with a few things that I felt that Um, regardless of what field you're in, that you would be able to draw inspiration from and that you would be inspired by. So today I'm going to be talking about how to create culture, how to build something that is bigger than you, frankly, is what I want to talk about today. How How to really get people to want to be a part of something that is bigger than you. My buddy, Lindsay Clark, who she may or may not be on this podcast very soon. My buddy, Lindsay Clark is a incredible graphic artist, a designer. She actually designed my new brand and website and helped me create the design of my podcast cover. She has an amazing quote. She's an amazing creative, and I can't wait for you guys to learn and hear from her soon. She has a quote that she put up recently, and I want to reference it here before I begin talking about culture. She says, the culture that we carry will transform the places we go. The culture we carry will transform the places we go. Culture is defined as the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. Customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or group. Other definitions said to maintain in conditions suitable for growth. I loved that one. Maintaining conditions suitable for growth. And that's the part of this that I really want to focus on more than anything 
is how to create an environment that people want to be a part of that can allow growth to happen for your business, for your brand, for whatever that you're in the process of trying to create, because it definitely requires some skill. And it's a skill that oddly enough, I think I've kind of figured out over the course of the last three years. I've, uh, not three years, <laughs> over the course of a decade, <laughs> uh, in the, I have lived in three states now. That's where the three was coming from, okay? Not three years, a decade. But over the course of a decade, <laughs> I have lived in three states. I've lived, uh, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I spent many years living in Baltimore, Maryland. I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for a season. And now I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And the one thing that I'm insanely proud of is the impact that I've been able to create in all three of those places. Uh, you know, obviously I'm from Baltimore, so a lot of that was kind of built into just my home and where I was from, but I did create strong community and I did create strong culture within the season that I was there. And uh, I do have this strange gift, I guess, uh, or skill, like I'd rather, when it comes to bringing people together that may not necessarily know each other and kind of getting them bought into a similar idea or making friends. I love connecting people and creating community and culture in, you know, these are three fairly diverse places. So I've been able to do that over the course of a decade. And I want to share two essential things that I have learned when it comes to creating culture. Culture is deeply rooted in two things, vision and strategy. I want to talk for a second about vision. Okay. The story of why I created this brand, the grit culture that maybe you guys have been seeing or following along came from two things, strategy and vision. When it comes to the vision of what I had in mind for what I wanted to share, I very much had a very specific type of person in mind when creating this. Okay. And a lot of that person I would describe is myself. Okay. I very much have gotten to where I am at this, you know, time in my life and the season of my life. I've very much gotten to this place through grit, which is, you know, strength of character, tenacity, kind of having this inner kind of you just kind of get back up. You're like that Bobo doll. Like you, you kind of get hit, but you just kind of swing back up. <laughs> if you're down, you're not down for long, you know, you're you're kind of back up. My mentor John Maxwell has said, I am either up or getting up. I'm never down. And I think that that is very much the spirit and the heart of someone that would identify with grit, having, you know, a desire to work hard, but also moreover, creating sustainability, recognizing that so much of my story is that I'm not the fast win. I'm not the fast win story. I'm not the flash in the pan. I'm not the person that snapped my fingers and had instant success overnight. <laughs> I'm not the person that, you know, made seven figures in one year. That's not me. It's never going to be me, okay? <laughs> I'm I'm a gr gritty underbelly. I've been through a lot of hard things. I very much identify with a phoenix, you know, you have to kind of be phoenix has to be burned to emerge. <laughs> that was very much the intro of my very first show. I never realized that I had to, you know, burn to emerge referencing a phoenix because that's what actually has to happen for them. I wanted to create a space for women particularly out there who maybe didn't fit a typical mold when it came to, you know, being a woman, uh, being an ambitious woman even more so niched in that not only am I an ambitious woman, not only am I a woman that, you know, wants to work hard, but I I'm kind of I'm kind of not typical. Like I'm I'm kind of gritty 
you know, and I want to work hard and I'm very motivated by success and, you know, financial gains. But, you know, I, I wear pants that have holes in them <laughs> and, you know, I wear socks and sandals out in public uh, unashamed, you know, <laughs> I'm actually recording this episode right now in socks and sandals and Birkenstocks with a bathrobe. <laughs> That's kind of who I am. You know, I lived out of my car for a season of life and I wanted to create a space for women that were like me and for me to find those women that were like me and for them to know that they weren't alone in their journey. And that maybe there were others out there who, you know, had dreams and aspirations and goals, and maybe things aren't happening as fast as they had hoped, but they're very committed to what they want to see through, that they're here for the long game. So much of creating that brand was just sharing myself and putting it out there into the world, having a vision for that person and for other women that were like me and and kind of envisioning them being together and those women interacting with each other, meeting each other, you know, seeing that in my head and creating a community of like-minded people was kind of the vision behind that, was creating a movement around restoring the dignity of hard work while also, you know, really learning this concept of sustainability and self-care and changing this notion of the working woman and what they look like and what they care about. You know, that was very important to me. That was kind of the vision. Yeah. So then the strategy was, you know, I had been working in my business and for, you know, a long time for four and a half years, four years. And I had seen at the moment that there was a lot of, you know, current leaders that were on my team and that I had been working with kind of getting lost in the mix. We were just getting a little top heavy, to be honest. It was very like top focused. I was kind of observing the fact that we were hitting the ceiling of what I felt that we could accomplish. And I saw a deep need for those rising leaders who frankly were just not being given the space to rise. They were just getting lost in the mix. I wanted to essentially create a new floor for them to rise to and allow new leaders to emerge. It required me to pivot it required me to make hard changes and for me to make different moves and create new systems and also learn a new way of operating, investing into growth, you know, programs that would allow me to grow and whatnot. But coming out of the last two years, they were so chaotic. I could deeply sense a shift that needed to happen. And the strategy was truly creating a space for those women to rise and to grow through that with the vision of, hey, this could look different. Hey, we could get on the other side of this. Hey, there is, you know, change up ahead. And kind of casting that vision was essentially the strategy. Grit was truly created off of two things, creating a space for rising leaders and for other women that kind of fit that mold that I described to find each other. And two, learning how to create a sustainable business and how to create sustainable success. So much of how grit was, it was started with a vision of something just being different. The strategy was to simply share the vision. So much of how this business has been built has been sharing a vision of what we see, of what I see, you know, so much of everything that I've ever created, whether it's not even business related, even if it's just visuals, it's sharing the vision and, you know, walking people through the process. I want to talk also around community and culture building. I think the most important thing about building culture is to understand this. 
Everyone wants to be a part of something, but very few want to build something. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody wants to get invited. Everybody wants to show up at the party. Everybody wants to get that that ask, hey, come. You know, everybody wants to be included in that way. We all want to be a part of something, but very, very few are willing to build something. Very few are open to saying, hey, I'm going to be the person that's actually going to create the thing that I desire. We're always waiting on somebody else to take that initiative. And we'll sit and we'll feel lonely and we'll be like, oh, I have no one or nobody's like me. I can't find my people. It's a very disempowered place, even though I understand it. You know, An empowered place says, well, I'm going to find my people. I'm going to create that space that I long for. I truly believe that leaders go first in taking those steps and creating that space. They put themselves out there. They take those risks. You know, you must be willing to go first when it comes to creating a, a, a culture, a community. Somebody's got to go first. So many of the things that, you know, you may experience now, maybe you're a part of, you know, a community group, or maybe you, you know, go to church, or maybe you, you know, or you're in a band, you know, I don't know. But whatever that thing is where you've been able to find and connect to others, you know, somebody went first to create that space for you to enjoy, you know? It didn't just happen out of thin air. Somebody said, I'll go first. So much of culture creation is saying, I'll go first. So much of it. So much of it. I remember um, I had lived in Nashville. I moved to Nashville in 2017. And I had lived here for a year by myself, kind of building the groundwork of what I had hoped to create here in Nashville alone. And uh, it took me a year of just trying to make connections, me trying to, you know, meet new people, me sharing, you know, what I was trying to work towards and create with. And then slowly over time within that next year, there was three of us. So it took a year in order to get three, three people invested. Okay. And uh, I will never forget, we, we created an event where we wanted to, you know, open up, you know, our business opportunity, share it with others. And we wanted to, you know, share what we were building and share the vision of what we were hoping to create locally within Nashville. And I will never forget this. We had, you know, posted about this. We had shared about, you know, what we were going to be doing. And we had 20 people that had RSVP to come and come to this brunch, this entrepreneurial brunch that we were creating. And 20 people had RSVP. We were so excited couldn't even believe it. We were like, oh my God, we have 20 people coming. This is incredible, right? Again, a year to get three. Now we're, wow, we're getting 20. This is so exciting. And um, I'll never forget, we had gotten to the table. We had everything set up. It was so, we were just so, so hopeful. And uh, no one came. <laughs> Literally only two people showed up. And it was really embarrassing to have to keep telling this server, hey, you can take the, hey, we don't need those tables. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, you, uh, hey, hey, can you just like kind of take all those tables? Like they're not coming. Like it was very embarrassing to keep being like, yeah, you can just take them. Um, but you know what? We had two people come and guess what? Those two people sat, they listened to what we had to say. They were very excited about what we were offering and they very much wanted to partner in the community that we were creating. And they did. And I think that's such a powerful lesson because we could have so easily seen that moment as what a failure. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you had 20 people say, I'll be there and then they bail, it's so easy, so easy for you to be like, oh my God, this is such a bust. And you know what? We could have easily had stopped there and we could have taken that, 
could have taken it as a failure. Uh, truth be told, you know, we did think it. We were kind of like, well, that was weird. And we could have given up. But the truth is we kept going. We kept putting ourselves out there. Now we had five. Now we had five people. And, you know, we had three before. Now we had five. We kept going. And three people in March soon became over 150 locally by the end of that year, December. So much of building community is being willing to sit in that tension. John Maxwell, my mentor, says you'll have to deal You'll have to deal, baby. (laughs) You'll have to deal with the tension between stability that gives security and adaptability that opens up opportunity. You have to be willing to sit there. Creating culture takes time. It takes time. I found in my experience when I watch, you know, people get excited about an idea, they get excited about something, they just give up way too fast because they didn't have it just they didn't really have those healthy expectations of how long sometimes this can take. It takes time. It takes time to sell a vision. It takes time to get your vision out there. It takes time for people to learn, to see, to grasp, to understand your message. Think about how busy people are in their day-to-day lives. Think about how busy you are in your day-to-day life. Think about how many times you have the best intentions and you get pulled in a thousand, hundred million different directions with life and messages and work and family and this and the dogs and the kids. Like, you know, think about how many times you get pulled despite your best intentions. We won't give others that benefit of the doubt, but we need to because we need to help people understand that when we're building something like a culture, we're trying to get an idea out there. We're trying to create a team. We're trying to build a movement takes time. It takes time. I want to talk about culture versus strategy. This is a big thought. And uh, I'm excited to share what my uh, my insight is on this. So I am a thousand percent uh, more of a strategist by nature. It's my, I think I've shared this before, but it's my top strength and strength finders. Um, basically, I'm a nerd. <laughs> Basically, I'm a nerd. Yeah, that's that's like the, that's a big secret, yeah. But but here's the thing. You know, I've heard the saying before. You know, I've heard it many times and it's a powerful thing to say and I think there's a lot of truth to it. It's the saying culture eats strategy for breakfast. And you know what? I don't disagree. But I want to offer something that I think might serve you a little bit better. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. But strategy is the one that prepares the meal. (laughs) Do you see that? It's basically a circle. It's snake eating its own tail. Culture eats strategy for breakfast, but strategy is the one that prepared the meal. And I want to talk to you why they both matter so much when it comes to creating culture. We're going to talk for a second about vision without strategy. So if you have vision, but you don't have strategy, this is kind of what it might look like, okay? Vision without strategy is hype. It's hype. And you know what? I can bring some hype, man. (laughs) I can hype someone up. I really can. (laughs) And sometimes hype is just so cool because you're getting people invested. You're getting them bought in. It's really fun. It's exciting, you know, but kind of where there's a downfall to not having strategy when you only have vision is you'll kind of, what you'll end up doing is you'll throw like a logo on the internet and uh, you'll have this, you know, maybe you'll have like really pretty pictures or you'll throw up some cool graphics 
you think you have a culture, but you don't because you don't have a strategy to grow what you just created. So maybe you have like a pretty vision of something. Maybe you have videos and you've got graphics up and now you have a vision of what you would like, but you don't have a strategy to grow what you're doing. So you actually don't have a culture. You just have a logo on the internet. You just have a pretty graphic up. You have pretty visuals, (laughs) but you don't have the strategy to grow it. So it'll just be a lot of hype. There won't be a, there won't be like a inertia. There won't be like movement behind it. You get what I'm saying? It's just going to be like, oh, this is awesome. Yay. We love this. But like no one's doing anything. <laughs> no one's moving that culture forward because culture is, like we said, it's an environment that's maintained for growth. So in culture, you will have growth occur. <laughs> it's like a great it's a great way to know if your culture is thriving. Are you growing? Are there, is there, is there growing? Is there growing elements around you? You know, and I think that a really powerful representation of this visually is the Nike brand. Guys, Nike, <laughs> Nike. They took a freaking line. It's a line, okay? They took a line. There's a check mark, but they've created a movement. There's a movement behind it. There's 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 money coming in. There's revenue. <laughs> People are so emotionally bought into the idea. There is there's so much storytelling in it. There's so much vision. There's so much heart and investment. Like people believe that if they purchase Nike products, suddenly like they'll be performing better as athletes. That's a sold idea that has been branded through storytelling, through vision, but with intentional strategy to create revenue, business, buy-in, people that are partnered in it, okay? It was vision with strategy. Vision without strategy is you won't have any movement. You'll just have pretty things. You'll have a logo. You might even have people that are really, really, really excited to be there, but things aren't growing. That's what vision without strategy looks like, okay? Now let's talk about strategy without vision. See why you need both? Really need both. (laughs) Strategy without vision, okay? So maybe you are someone, and again, I can, this is my top strength, okay? Strategy. I'm a planner. I'm a, you know, I'm very much, hey, like what's the next step? I can see a hundred miles down the road. I'm usually ahead of trends just by nature because I pick up on patterns and trends and I kind of can anticipate what the next steps are, right? So maybe you're a planner. Maybe you're someone that's so strategy focused, okay? And maybe you've got all the things, you know, written down. You've got notebooks filled with with data and facts and and plans that you want to make and lists and all of this kind of, you know, very black and white kind of thinking when it comes to creating your culture. And you might have planned your whole life out all the way to the end. And now you're bringing your plan. You're sharing your strategy. You, you can see the way ahead. You can see the, you can, maybe you can hundred percent see if I implement this strategy, we're going to grow. Okay. Maybe you can see it, but if you don't have vision, you won't get anyone bought into what you're doing and you'll be alone doing it. Okay. If you only have strategy, if you only have your plans, you'll be the only one executing it. You won't have, you'll turn around and no one will be behind you because you haven't brought them in to a vision, something bigger than themselves. It's all just data. It's all just, it's all just plan. You've just got plans for days, but you've got, where are you taking them? Where are you taking them? You'll be the only one executing it. And more than likely you'll be really frustrated. 
It might sound so good in your head. (laughs) It might look amazing. And again, you may be the one that sees the steps to go, but you've got to create buy-in. You've got to create vision for people to feel and emote with and connect to. People connect to vision through the heart. They connect to that emotional journey. They find themselves in that story. Okay. And so you've got to make sure that you're selling people and selling yourself more than anything on this vision that you want to create. Can you communicate vision? Because without vision, you know, the people will perish. You must have vision. You must be able to cast vision. I think a lot of times we're asking ourselves the wrong questions. Maybe you're a leader listening to this. Maybe you are a business owner. Maybe you are um, someone that leads a team. Uh, Maybe you are someone who is trying to develop leaders and grow a team of people to get, you know, maybe you're trying to create a movement like what we've talked about. I think a lot of times we're asking ourselves the wrong questions. This is how I always know that somebody is kind of not thinking in vision and strategy. They're asking these questions. Tell me what to do and tell me how to do it. What and how, what and how, what and how. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. I'll do it. I'll do anything. I think the energy there is is very much like teacher-student. And there's nothing wrong with being a student and like wanting to learn. But I think when we are in this, I think when we're asking ourselves what and how, we're not able to create culture because culture comes from asking different questions that I think require you to move and transition to more of like a a leader or rather a a thought thought leader, you know, is kind of what I'm trying to say. The better questions to ask are why and who. Why does this matter? Who is this for? I truly believe that that's how you create culture and community. If you can answer those two questions, you can create culture and community. Why does this matter? Why does it matter if I do this? Why does it matter if people get this message out? Who is this for? Who is this person? Who who are they? What are they doing? What are their pain points? What do they need? How How can I help them? Tell me what to do and how to do it. It's so disconnected from the heart so disconnected from the heart. Why does this matter? Who does this for? You're tapping into empathy. If you can tap into empathy, you can really do amazing things when it comes to creating culture and creating growth. Okay. Showing up, casting vision, reselling the message, resharing the idea over and over again. Why does it matter? Who does it for? Showing up, casting the vision, selling the message, sharing the idea over and over again, putting words behind your actions, putting actions behind your words. Why does this matter? Who is this for? It's telling that over and over and over again that actually starts to create culture and it starts to create buy-in. So I would really encourage you today that if you're trying to do this, to implement, to to, to literally sit down and to ask yourselves, why does this matter? Who is this for? And get those answers really clear and tell it over and over and over and over again. Get your message out there. It's very, very, very important that you are sold the most on the culture that you want to see. And if you find yourself today in a culture that is not creating growth, I want to let you know that that doesn't matter. 
I'll say that again. If you find yourself today in a culture that's not really producing growth, I want to let you know that that doesn't matter because you're hearing this today. So you have the ability to actually get out there and to implement this and to actually start creating the culture that you want to see and create. Okay. One of the last things I'll give you guys today, my biggest tip, again, if you're attempting to create, you know, community, build a team, develop leaders, cast a vision, get people bought into something bigger than you. The most important thing that I could offer today, my challenge to you is to be super aware of the mindsets and the beliefs that you have about what you're doing and how you run what you're doing. It's so fascinating. It's so fascinating to me. Anytime that I have been in a season of scarcity in my life, guess what? I turn around and there's scarcity all in my team. It's so funny to me. It, it's so crazy how it just like bleeds in and duplicates. If I'm in my head, if I'm questioning myself, if I'm struggling with self-doubt, if I've been, you know, apathetic or if I've been combating scarcity, you know, I turn around and suddenly everyone around me is, is kind of combating the same thing. <laughs> but you want to know what else is interesting? The times that I've been excited, the times that I've been ambitious, the times that I have been focused on the vision that I want to create, guess what? There's ambition, there's excitement, there's vision happening. There's, there's growth. <laughs> and so my point is, is that you are very much the thermostat of your business, of your team, and of the culture that you want to create. So many times what I observe is I observe thought leaders over teams, over organizations that kind of run around with a, a thermometer and they're, they're holding a thermometer and they're basically taking temperatures all day and they allow the temperature taking to gauge the tone of their culture. So they're, they're holding out the temperature and they're, they're kind of seeing where everyone's at. And then that information and data is therefore communicating the, the, the state of the culture. I see that happening all the time. And it's really, really, it can get dicey so fast. If you're a thought leader, if you're running a team, if you're the one that is in the driver's seat of creating you know, leadership and culture for people, you must embrace and adopt an idea of thermostat. You must. When you're a thermostat, you're setting kind of the tone of the environment. And then from there, like it's a set, it's a set temp, baby. It's not going up. It's not going down. Like it's right there. And then what that does is it allows the room to rise to that temperature, you know? And so much, if I, can, if I can encourage anything, just be so aware of yourself. Be so aware of where your head is at because it's going to set the pace for everything that you see. And the beautiful thing that I love so much about that is when you transition to the thermostat mindset or thermostat perspective, suddenly you can really raise energy just in an incredible life-giving way. Or... You can raise it in a very destructive way if you're not grounded and if you are not very committed to that who and why and that, that space of service. But obviously, if you're listening to this, my, my hope is that you're wanting to get better and that you're wanting to create a culture that, again, has buy-in, has growth, has excitement, and not just excitement, but results, productivity, you know, movement, inertia, 
again, remember it's, it's creating something that's evolving and, and, and becoming larger. I think that again, it's like two, it's like two forces working together. You've, it's got to take some time and you've got to be okay with it to take time selling your idea, putting yourself out there, sharing the vision, recasting the vision, reselling yourself on the vision. Yeah. But you should be able to see small, maybe, maybe really small, but still visible increments of growth and progress. If you're not seeing growth and progress, I would invite you to go back to what I was sharing earlier. Because here's what happens. If we're not so aware of these things, what will end up happening is kind of what I explained, what I explained these last two episodes that I just did about this all or nothingness. If we're not so aware of the culture that we're creating and if we're not creating an environment for growth, what ends up happening is it's those two extreme forces that I just talked about in episodes five and six. The, the culture that we want to create can, can be life or death, you know? And if we are not focused on really taking massive ownership for that vision that we want to cast, we'll, we'll end up in cultures that create allness or nothingness. We will be in cultures that create hustle, grind, striving, inadequacy, shame, or apathy, you know, lack of heart, you know, lack of forward movement. You know, I hate saying it, but just, you know, laziness or lack of drive. Um, and really the word apathy is the hardest when they're kind of just like, I don't care. You know, again, I think that's the worst if you're in a place of, I just don't care. That's, that's just a really hard place to be, man. And I think that that can, that is the result of when culture is not maintained, when culture is not cultivated. That's what can happen, which is why this is so important. If you want to create a culture that is thriving, make sure you're thriving. If you want to create a culture where people are bought in, make sure you're bought in. If you want to create a culture of growth, make sure you're committed to growing and getting better. We can never ask someone to do something that we can't do ourselves. Your vision for your community and culture will set the tone of everything that you want to see. In closing, I'll say this, you know, when I decided to step out and to take that risk and to bring this vision to life, I was scared pretty shitless. I was pretty, I was really, really scared. And I didn't know if it was going to work. You know, I've talked about this a lot, like about my fear episode. You know, I just don't know if this is going to work. But something that really helped me in creating what I've been able to do in the last year, which I think is so crazy that like I was so scared 12 months ago to step out and to make these shifts and to create the space when 12 months literally later to the day I was literally speaking about this in front of 400 people. It was such a mind bender, but it does clue me in that I'm onto something and I do want to offer it to you because I do want to help you. Something that I gave myself so much permission in when I decided to make that shift was I'm not going to be for everyone. I'm not. Trust me. I'm not for everyone. But you know what? I am for someone. I am so for that woman that I described in the beginning of the episode, that gritty, burned to emerge, committed to finding a way through hard times, committed to learning 
how to do work and life well, someone that had ambition, somebody that wanted to create something incredible for their life without losing their life. (laughs) You know, I had this woman in my head and I showed up for her. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know where she was going to come from. But you want to know what? I found her. She came. And what was even crazier was she brought a whole ton of others with her. And more and more and more and more and more women were able to also do that same thing. And now grit culture is bigger than me. And there's a lot of dudes that love grit too. And they're like, grit, can we get some merch? (laughs) I knew that it wasn't going to be for everyone, but I knew it was going to be for a certain person. And I show up for that certain person every single day. I don't know where they are. I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm showing up for them. I want to invite you that if you're trying to create culture, you're, you need to be okay with not being for everyone, but being okay for a very specific person. And you need to show up for that person every single day because they're looking for you the same way that you are looking for them. And even though I am just one human, the culture that I have begun to create is bleeding out beyond what I could have ever have done on my own because that's what culture does. Culture is bigger than you. If you are so focused on yourself, you will never be able to create culture. You will never be able to create true buy-in. You will never be able to create a movement. It has to be bigger than you. It can start with you, but it won't end with you. You can have the idea, you can have the dream, you can have the vision, but once you release it, you have to just let it roll out and let it be open and available for those that are going to partner in and for them to come in and to adapt and to take in their, through, through the vision that you've created to allow your vision to then become their vision, which will look different than yours, but they're able to reach even more humans with their perspective on what you have created and your idea. And suddenly it just keeps rippling out beyond what you could have ever have imagined. But you must be willing to go first. You must be willing to show up for the person when you're uncomfortable. You must bring culture and strategy together. It's not one or the other, it's both. You must be willing to sit in the tension of the unknown. And you must be willing to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. And guess what? To finish, I started with Lindsay. (laughs) I'm ending with Lindsay, not myself, Lindsay Clark. (laughs) And just like that, just like wildfire, culture will catch on. And it will transform the places that we go. If you have a vision, marry it with a strategy. If you have a strategy, get some vision. You're going to love that journey. Get out there. Go do it. Thank you so much for listening to In It. If you are loving this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps get our message out there and allows more people to find the message. You guys rule. Catch you next time. Oh, you're slowly coming back